0: Bereshit, Berah, Elohim, et ha veet ve-et ha Bereshit, Berah, Elohim, et ha Veet ve-et ha In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Word of God. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. Amen. That was Hebrew, I'll tell you again. Just in case you weren't here last week and you're a little bit worried about what that was, that was Hebrew. And uh, that was the original, the language that the Old Testament was written in by Moses. Uh, the first five books by Moses, at least. And uh, and most of the rest of it. But, good morning. I'm glad to see you all this morning. I'm, I'm excited to be uh, going through the book of Genesis uh, we're we're calling this whole series and I'm going through the whole book back to the basics because uh, I, I was reading Genesis and I realized that everything to the end comes back to this and so it's a good thing to see the beginning of, of all things and so last week we looked at just the first really the first verse of Genesis 1 we we uh, we dip down into verse 3 a little bit just to get a full flavor of everything but uh, there we we learned absolutely that there is only one God his name uh, we learn in today's sermon in this chapter he actually reveals his name Uh, his name is revealed by Moses here Uh, and uh, and that God out of nothing created everything that is seen now what we're going to see today is the artist at work okay so I call this one the artist, because he's going to take all this raw materially made, and he's going to form it into um, somewhat what we see today. It has changed since then, but we won't get to that till Genesis eight, nine, ten, and there uh, during the flood, because the the shape of the earth changed uh, in the flood. But we'll we'll that's your teaser. You hang in there for eight, nine chapters, and we'll we'll be talking about that a little bit. But but in this today, we are going to see what God did in creation, after he spoke it into existence, how he brought it to be. And so what I want you to uh, take home with you today is that God does perfect work still. Okay, that that word is just a hint for uh, where you are, where you might be, where you want to be, and what God is doing today. But would you pray with me just a moment? Father, uh, we thank you that this morning we can open your word and come into your presence, Lord Uh, because of what Jesus did Lord we thank you for all the beginning that we see in Genesis that you give us a a record of what you did and we ask now in Jesus name that Lord you would help us to understand that you would open the eyes of our understanding to behold the wonderful things out of your word and out of your law Lord give us your grace today to uh, to draw closer to you Lord change our lives because of what we see we ask Uh, Lord, uh, I ask that you give me a fresh uh, today anointing of your spirit uh, that the words I speak would be uh, satisfactory to you, Lord. I wouldn't speak of myself, but only your words out of your word. And uh, help me in that today, Lord, for uh, indeed I'm an imperfect vessel, but uh, Lord, these are the things that you have to work with. So we ask that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie or read a book where the first scene or the first chapter tells you sort of what the end is, maybe but not quite, and you're going, what was that all about? And then it backs up and starts with the backstory. Well, that's a little bit what we're going to see today in Genesis 1 and 2. I'm going to cover two chapters. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about every word. I wish I could. I couldn't read all the stuff that was available on these two chapters. So you're going to come later and go, you know you missed. I'm going to say, I know I did. I missed a whole lot, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and give you that, that, that I'm going to do that. But I want to look through it. and. What you're going to see, because chapter 2 looks different than chapter 1, and people have said, see, it contradicts. Chapter 2 doesn't have the same order, blah, 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 blah. I'll get to that in a minute, but let me just go ahead and give you a quick view. Chapter 1 is what he did, six days chronologically. That's what he did, and it's a summation. Chapter 2 begins the history of mankind, and he goes into detail on what he did on day 6. And it mentions some of the other things that happened, but, but that's what chapter 2 does for us. And we will see all of that as we look. So since there is a lot to cover, I'm going to jump right in. And we see, first of all, that God did what he did in six days' work. Now, uh, again, I could we could do a, a long, long, long study on on different theories about how long a day was in creation. Um, there are theories that there's a gap between uh, uh, like verse 2 uh, 2 and 3, or verse 1 and 2 even, Um, one guy I read said this, that anybody finds a gap in those verses, uh, the best uh, place he found it was his fanciful imagination. It's not there. The wording of the text makes it be a 24-hour day. But it's going to be a very interesting day because look what God did on day 1 as we look at verse 3. And God said, let there be light and there was light now i'm going to go ahead and point something out because i want to look at a couple other verses this this first one is is extremely important the sun has not yet been created the moon has not yet been created or at least formed the 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 stars are not in place none of those are shining or doing anything and god created light where in the world is that coming from James 1.17, every good and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of Light. Right. Uh, here's a verse you may not may not realize that Psalm thirty. Let me say it right. Thirty six nine. See, I was going to say thirty nine six. It's thirty six nine. Listen to this verse. You can write it down if you want. Again, if you put in the Calvary app in your phone or whatever, the outline is on your is there or online. So, uh, Psalm 36, 9 says this, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. And just think about that phrase. In your light we see light. You cannot understand what's going on without the light of God. And in Genesis 1, God said, Let there be light, and the only source of light has to be himself. Scientists still are not sure what light is, by the way. They still argue whether uh, it's a ray or a wave. We're, We're not sure. We're able to use light. We're able to harness light to some extent. But the source of light is not the sun. The sun is a dark planet. It's the atmosphere that is glowing because of the intense heat and the fire there. The light was created by God, and he is the source of light. You say, hmm, well, 1 John 1, 7. I say, hmm, too. Listen to 1 John 1, 7. Actually, I had marked it, so let me do that. It says there, for if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. We are told to walk in the light as God is in the light. There's no darkness in God at all. James 1 says, James 17 says that in him, there's not even a shifting shadow. There's no place where God is, where it is not light there in him dwells, no darkness at all. And so in the very beginning, the first thing God created is light, but I want you to notice something else. There is no source, but God there. Back there in verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So you get this, this picture, and, and I'm, for later things that I'm going to say, I need you to understand. The earth is sitting here, but it is completely immersed in water. There is water covering every aspect of earth. There's no dry ground above that water. And outside of that, the, the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of that water so God being light there's light hovering over that and then notice what it says in verse 3 and God I'll let you read it while I drink water and God said now (laughs) this this is interesting it means God breathed all of his word is breathed I I saw an ad this week, some guy, a prophet for, a prophecy for blah, blah, blah. Wrong. This is God's word. This is God's prophecy. No man today speaks independent of God's word, revealing God's thoughts. A word reveals an unseen thought. And so God had light in his mind and said light exists and it did. The the sense of what happens in this language, God said, let there be light or light exists. It's actually, in English, we have this long sentence. It's basically, light be, boom, light is there. As soon as he says it, it appears. And it it doesn't mean that God said it and it flowed out. It is that from that very breath of God, light comes into existence and that light begins to To exist. It is the creative spirit of God. It's not just that God said, hmm, light exists. It is his creative, it's his paintbrush, if you will. Because I'm calling this the artist, let's just go with that. It's his paintbrush. When he speaks, that spirit of God creates what exists, all right? So back to the light. God, the first thing created is the light, but God is the light. Now, I want you to notice. In that verse, or next verse, verse 4, And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Here's what you see happening. God created light, but what did he do? He separated light from darkness. You go, how does that work? I'm telling you, I read all this, and I read it in detail, and I still don't understand it. Okay? So I'm just going to go ahead and give you that. There is light and there is darkness, but the only source of light is God. And God is allowing or creating or putting darkness on one part. And the earth is already beginning now to turn so that the earth is experiencing a cycle of evening and morning. Now, I want you to notice how God counts the first day evening and morning when god created evening occurs and the next morning is going to be the second day he creates he considers a new day when the sun comes up not midnight like we do when the sun comes up it's a new day that's hour one now where we live of course the days differ in length my daughter lived in a place near the equator it was 12 hours year round light dark you go far enough north in the winter you get four hours to light in the summer you'll get Four hours of dark. (laughs) That's just how it works. We we get that. But here at the very beginning when God spoke light into existence, there is already this time happening where there is a cycle as the earth spins of darkness and light. And he says that evening and the next morning, that's the first day. That's how God counts the day. So when the daylight comes is the next day. So on day two, what does God do? Uh, We go down to verse Six and God said, "Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters; let it separate the waters from the waters." Now, when I was a little kid, I read all that didn't have a a clue what it meant because the only thing we knew then was the King James Bible, and it calls it firmament. (laughs) That's how I said as a little kid. Probably can't I can't stop the Ms once they get rolling. It's firmament in King James. It's the firmament. You know you, you. it sounds like something you ought to pop in your mouth when you got bad breath, right? A firmament. Um, anyway, sorry, I just made that up. It was a weird joke. But what he is saying is, I told you that there's a ball covered in water. And what he did is he took water and pulled it off so that there's space between the water above and the water below. The earth is still covered in water, but there's water up here, which tends to make you think, especially what happens next, that that ball is smooth it is not mountainous and valleys it's smooth and covered in water and there is a gap what happens when you put and modern creation scientists think that that water vapor up there was about three miles thick we'll see later in these chapters that God, rain doesn't fall fall rain doesn't fall till the flood that the, the earth is wet uh, made wet by mists rising from the ground why because what you've created is a worldwide greenhouse now you got that much water up there it is also i'm getting into later genesis now and so i'm gonna have to say this quickly and get back to the point but you've created a a filter for radiation when i moved up here i noticed that i felt hotter because you know, people say, oh, did you go, get, go to the beach, get a tan? I say, no, I went and got the mail without using sunblock. I mean, that's, you know, I'm very fair skinned and I burn easily and I could feel, man, it just feels hot, but I wasn't, but it wasn't the same kind of heat. And so I asked our resident scientist, uh, Brother Savage, I uh, said, what is the deal about radiation? He said, for every thousand feet, it goes f- up 4%. I think that was right. If, you're, if I was wrong, you can correct me and I'll fix it next time is that right brother brother george amen okay he gave me a thumbs up so so it's about it, it, it's at least four percent hotter where we're standing where i grew up because we're closer when you got that greenhouse there there is no cold north pole there is no hot in the middle it's all one temperature all around you're not getting the radiation that causes you to age You've got a higher atmospheric pressure, which if someone has a bad infection and they can't fix it, plus they're figuring out for a lot of other diseases, such as even autism, put them in a barometric pressure, uh, chamber and raise the pressure, and it will force inflammation out of your body. Talk about healing faster. Talk about living longer. Wow, how did they get by? Talk about being at the very beginning of creation before diseases are developed after the fall. Men live close to a 1,000 years, even after the fall they're living that long. Their, their injuries are healed quickly. So as you go through Genesis, you see after the flood, men's lifespans start shortening so that by Moses, he was about the last, I always say this, the last long liver. It sounds kind of bad. Uh, he lived to 120. So there are people that still can manage that. But right here, we see the basis of that that God creates this greenhouse but notice what he goes on to do and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse and it was so God called the expanse heaven and the evening and there was morning the second day now on the third day God said let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear so we're not sure how he did that reached down with his hand and pinched up Some land, but suddenly he makes some low places and some high places on earth so that the water gathers together. Now, the word used here just means a body of water. So all the rivers, all the lakes, all the oceans, everything that was made uh, that is a body of water was made in this time uh, in these verses. So they're gathered together and dry land appeared and God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, well, while we got some land, let's put vegetation on it. And he mentions three different kinds here. His sprouting, uh, sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to their kind on the earth. And it was so. So the earth sprouts vegetation plants, vegetable plants, fruit plants all at once. Now, again, let me just point into a principle here that will come into play later. I don't know how you ever thought about this. I basically never thought about it, but once I read it, I said, yeah, that's kind of how I thought about it. Though God makes the earth, and how do, what do we do every spring? Not everybody, but many of you. Thank you. So you stick a seed in the ground, you hope, you pray, you weed, you water, you fertilize, you do all that stuff, and it starts to grow. God did not use that process. When he created it, you had a tree full of apples. You get it? A vegetable plant full of vegetables, whatever it is. Fruit trees full of fruit at creation. Now, if a modern scientist walked up and carbon dated it, picked the fruit off and did all of that, he'd say, wow, this tree is, let's say, 30 years old. No, it's two minutes old. God created it with age. When, so when scientists tell you that it took this many billions of years for the light of that star to get to this planet, <clears throat> wrong again, God created it with the light already reaching us. Because he is light, and he created light before he created the star anyway. When God created man, he did not create a baby and watch him grow. He created him full-grown man. So Dr. Spock or Dr. Phil comes into the garden with his little bag and checks him out because wow this is a name your age 30 year old man 25 year old man no he's two minutes old god created it with age so that when we start looking at things go wow this is so old you know the new river which is close by here is the second oldest river in the world they say it's just as old as every other river it was made exact same time as everyone else So you just got, yeah, thank you. Amen. Amen. I don't know who said that, but thank you. God bless you. Uh, So we see all this happening. So the land is formed. All plants are made. Everything is now made, and the age is already put on it. So we don't have to wonder, well, how long did it take before all that grew? It grew right away. Now, there's something that all that needs, and that is some light from the sun. Each according to his kind, God saw it was good. And notice how he keep saying each according to its kind. There, that's, there is a scientific understanding there uh, that if I am a human, I cannot produce something that is not human. That I reproduce after my kind. And the double helix of DNA ensures that that happens and it will never change. In other words, evolution is scientifically impossible. Put the Bible aside because you, if you alter DNA... The second side of it is the same thing and it remakes that carbon copy once again. It doesn't, and if it mutates, it becomes inferior. Now you say, well, what about people are already, you know, always cross-breeding dogs? Well, you're talking talking about breeds, not kind. Dog is never thrown off a cat or a skunk or a raccoon. Still a cat. Follow me? Might look a little different. People looked different back then, didn't they? There were giants in the land. That meant there were people bigger than the people who look at them and go, man, they are giants. Pfft, giants in the land. But they're still people. So you have to understand that. So when evolution starts telling you that this became that, well, show me the evidence. Well, let me let you in on a secret. They don't like you to know there is no evidence. You say, what about the fossils? There's no fossil evidence. Anything changed. It's still the same thing. It's still a dog. It's still a lion. It's still a tiger. It's still an elephant. It's still different breed, different look. Still the same thing. Plants were different. They were bigger because remember the greenhouse. Y'all want to know why you don't have alligators here like I grew up with? Because you got to. Ha- I asked. I I asked a park ranger. I didn't know why. I knew. Oh, they can't survive in cold. You know why? Because a reptile has to get to a certain size to reproduce. And it needs heat because it's a cold-blooded animal to reproduce. So it needs a consistent temperature over day and night. You see, where I come from, you get a sunburn in the day and go out at night, it still hurts. Because it's still 80, 90 degrees at night. When it's 90 degrees here at night, it still drops below, sometimes below 80 degrees. Sometimes, not all the time. Well, they need a bunch, an alligator needs a bunch of those days strung together to grow big enough to have babies. Hmm. So if it never got cold and the temperature was always consistent and it was hot enough to grow plants in the South Pole, which they're discovering down there now, huh, I'm finding it in the Siberia with vegetation in a mastodon's mouth fresh frozen in the ice which we'll get all that in the flood i guess an alligator could grow to 25 30 feet a lizard could grow to 60 feet if it was the right kind of lizard oh so that's how the dinosaurs were here and that's why something cataclysmic happened and they all disappeared at once maybe a meteor hit the earth or maybe it flooded And the new earth did not have that protection and they couldn't live long enough to reproduce or grow big enough to reproduce and so they died. It's a simple, more scientific explanation, okay? I'm not a scientist. I don't even play one in the pulpit. But that's what happened. I've gotten it way into other chapters, but I get so excited about that. Look what happens then on day four. God says... Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and years. Let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. God creates these, he consigns light to these sources of light into these bodies. He divides day and night. And notice why he made them, to serve as signs to us that there is a creator. That is why he made them. The Bible says in Psalms, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse shows us firmament. The Bible says, I believe in Isaiah, when the morning stars sang together, it might be in Psalm, but when the morning stars sang together, everybody thought that was poetic till we figured out radio waves and found out all the stars are actually singing. We're actually getting radio waves from those stars. And to also, we could keep up with time for days and years. Hope Day one, day two, day three, you can mark it on a calendar, or if you 're on a deserted island, you can just put a mark on your cave, five days, ten days, whatever poor Robinson crusoe that 's how he kept up right, and so that 's why he created all these things, so we keep up with what time it was. Forms had already been created, but he got it already on that day one when God said, in the very beginning, God created, he threw all this matter out into the space he created, now he's going back and he's starting to touch them. Okay, star, 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 planet, 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 planet. And he's starting to assign them different roles. The moon and on this, for this planet, we're going to put a star right here. We'll form that into that star and we're going to put this one satellite around this one planet to help mark time and to affect what happens on this earth uh, by that, that moon. But here's what I want you to understand. Oh, God, God made all the plants grow. That, that's wild, but wow. It took God no more energy and no more time to reach to the furthest extent. Our closest star is four light years away, which we can never at this time can't even conceive of reaching. Four years traveling at the speed of light to get to the nearest star to where we stand, other than the sun, obviously. That's the closest one. And God needed only a day and no more time and no more energy to reach to the furthest end of the universe and create stars and work with the one here. Think about that God. Think about what he can do. And then, I kind of like the next couple days because it means I can go hunting and fishing. On day five, all the water creatures and the wing creatures are made on day, and God said uh, by the way, morning and evening is the fourth day after God says it's good, and God said let the water swarm with uh, swarms of living creatures let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens, so God created the great sea creatures, every living creature that moves with which the waters swam according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good, and God blessed him saying be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth to the, in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth, and there was evening and there was morning the fifth day he made everything lives in water including those pre-mentioned alligators crocodiles water snakes all the things that are in the water or use the water live in the water god made frogs the whole nine yards but fish obviously and then he made the birds that fly in the heavens so pretty cool day made all that not a lot to say about that but that that he did, again, just a thought as we think about this. How many men did God make when he got around to making us? How many birds did he make when he made the birds? He didn't make one of each. He made multitudes of each. Man is unique. Man is not an animal. We didn't evolve from them, and we're not like them. So when he made dogs, he made a bunch of them. When he made elephants, he made a bunch of them. He didn't make one and go, okay, start making new ones he made a bunch of them he did that with us but not with them just just a quick point and then we come to the great day sixth day not the greatest day but a great day and then god said let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds livestock and creeping things and beast of the earth according to their kinds and it was so and god made the beast of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind so that's bugs and insects and worms and whatnot and god saw that it was good yeah and snakes yeah them too they weren't bad back then and god said and then we come notice that god made man on the same day as animals but he makes them separate from the animals again kids learn in school learned when i was a kid so i know they learn it now that you know you got reptiles you got birds you got fish and you got mammals and man is just another mammal he's just another animal wrong again (laughs) we're different we are made of different stuff god spoke animals into being we won't get to that till chapter two wow i'm almost going to make it And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, us, our. Again, people come up with all kind of theories just trying to get away from the plain truth. We saw the Trinity in verses 1, 2, and 3 of chapter 1. That God God made it, God speaks it into existence. Uh, We see in verse 2 and in verse 3, the Spirit is hovering. And so we see the Trinity already. So when God said, let us make man in our image, there is... There is the plurality of God there. We see three in one there. God made all things on land, but then he made man. It's proof that man was not made with the animals as an animal. It's separate. We are made in the very image of God, in the likeness of God. And notice when God said this time, he didn't say man be. Let there be plants. Let there be animals. Let there be animals birds let there be fish he said let us make a man do you notice the tone change god said let there be boom let there be boom let there be boom hey guys let's make man in our image good idea and so in the chapter one it says and let them have dominion over the fish of the, of the sea the birds of the heaven the livestock stock." over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, there's a lot of discussion of what does it mean to be created in the image of God. And, uh, and, And so some people think it's physical. Some people think it's spiritual. It's the whole package. We are created in the image of God in that we have the spiritual nature of God in us. Look at verse 28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Now, see in Genesis 1, he doesn't tell us how he made each one. He created man in his image and includes both the man and the woman in chapter 1. In chapter 2, he explains the, the detail of what he did. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the bird of the heavens, over every living thing moves on the earth. We are not equal with them. We are, we are to exercise dominion over them. And God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that's on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. Now, you may not like this, but we didn't eat animals till after the flood. Okay, we ate plants. And though God allows us to eat plants now, I mean, animals now, you'd be healthier if you didn't. That's just true. But I'm still going to eat meat because I like it too much. I mean, if God didn't want us to eat animals, why'd he make them so tasty? (laughs) And to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the heaven, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. And it was so. Lions ate plants. Snakes ate plants. Nothing ate meat. Nothing ate meat. (laughs) Kind of crazy, isn't it? And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And evening, and there was morning the sixth day. But then look at the first verses of chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. I'm going to end on this point. So next week we'll come back and look at chapter 2. I was hoping I could get through it, but obviously I can't help but run fat rabbits. But I want us to pause here, though, so we can get this. On the seventh day, God the artist finishes the painting. That's very good. It means he stopped working. He stopped creating something new. He's done with that. Now, could God create if he wanted to? Of course he could. But at the end of day six, God rested. He stopped creating. He doesn't make new things. He uses what he's made now to do things, but he doesn't make anything brand new right now. The work of creation is finished. And he pauses to say it is very good. But I want you to notice something here. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Now, later on, God tells us, you need to rest one day out of seven. Verse 3, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, this is the end of the creation account of chapter 1. But what is missing in those three verses of chapter 2. What do you know happened on the seventh day? Evening came. And there was an eighth day when morning came. Right? But he doesn't say it. We know it happened, but he doesn't say it. You see, when we... God has saved us and when we get back when we get to where God is there's no end to his rest there's no end of the day remember what it says about heaven there's no need of the sun for God is the light of it and there's no more night there's no more darkness there's no more evening because he has finished his perfect work with you That's good to me. That's why I said I want you to remember God does perfect work still. He's doing a perfect work with you. You see, we'll get into chapter 3. We'll see how we messed it all up. And by we, I mean we're related to Adam and we are held accountable. Because if you think it's just Adam's fault, you haven't checked your account lately. <laughs> it's your fault too. We all are sinners and we've all fallen under that curse. And Christ came to redeem us from that curse. But here in chapter 1, we just see this brief outline of what God did on each day. It doesn't give us a lot of detail except about the creation of man. And that's in chapter 2. I've run out of time, so I'm not going to make a state later. But I, I I want you to understand your worth in the picture of what God was creating when he created you as he did in Adam. Psalm 139 has a very interesting verse. We quote it a lot because it is a... It's one of the best verses if you're a Christian to, to prove that you should not be for killing babies in the womb. That, God, that I was knit in my mother's womb. And that, those words there has the idea that God does still create when, he, when a new baby is being made in the womb. God has ceased from making new things, but he keeps making things. He makes all things new. He recreates us all the time. He is making us more and more into the image of Christ. And when a baby is being formed, he's in there forming that child. And no matter what condition that child is in, in the womb or what condition he'll be when he comes out of the womb, it is the handiwork of God. And when you get a hold of that, all the other arguments become null and void, especially to the Christian. God created you as much as he created Adam we're going to learn in chapter 2 and i'm going to say it now and i'll say it again next week so you can come back and hear it again we'll see god said in chapter 1 he gave us the hint let us make man in our image and he did in chapter 2 we find out he didn't speak us to into existence but he took the dust of the earth and he formed man with his hands and he reached down and breathed into his nostrils and i read one guy one time that said God gave life to man with a kiss. And he breathed life, eternal life, the life of God into us. Now we fell and we broke that. But in Christ, it is redeemed to us. He buys us back out of that marketplace where we've been sold. And Jesus paid the price to God the Father, not to the devil. Don't misunderstand. You could assume that I mean that The devil had to be paid off. No, 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 no. God said the soul that sins it shall die, not the devil. And death is the penalty God put on it. And then God put on flesh in Christ and took that penalty on himself and went to the cross and died so that you and I don't have to. Now, I'm not saying my body's going to live forever. This body's already breaking down, man. I'm getting old quick, okay? I go to the doctor and say, what's this? They go, oh, you're old before your time. I go, thank you, appreciate knowing that. Just I've had a disease all my life and it's starting to wear me down. That's fine. Great. I was just talking to Brother Leroy. His father passed away this week. And Brother Leroy's rejoicing. His father is in heaven with our father. And I was telling him, you know, sometimes people, I say, how you doing? People say, oh, I'm above ground, so I'm doing good. Above ground. Man, I'll be glad when I'm way above ground. When I'm out of here. You can put my body under the ground, but I'm getting out of here. That's going to be the great day for us. That's when we are made perfect. That's when we have no more night. That's when we enjoy the rest of God forever. And God sets that in such... Here's how God reveals himself to us. And this this is what I'm striving for. God paints this huge big picture of how unbelievably awesome and almighty he is. And then he says, but I love you. I care for you and that God who made all that comes down to me and says I love you and i prove it by going to the cross paying for your sin so you can enjoy eternity with me let's pray father in Jesus name Lord I don't know where the people who've heard me talk today where they are with you I suspect some of them need to know you in a personal way they don't they've never bowed in in repentance and just saying to you Lord like Adam I rebelled I've lived a life apart from you but I come and ask you forgive me of that sin and to make me brand new in Christ if any man be in Christ he's a new creation old things pass away all things become new so Lord you do make new things when you make someone who was a broken lost sinner into a saint